Welcome to Firefly Ignite. I'm your host, Lauren Roberts. Thank you for being part of this journey as I seek out inspiring artists and authors that I hope will ignite your heart and soul in meaningful ways. Today's guests are Ashley and Samuel Burr. They're an incredible couple whose artwork takes on many forms of painting, pottery, and craftwork. They work together at their new company called The Burr Nest. Let's listen in to our conversation. Well, welcome to Firefly Ignite. We've got Samuel and Ashley Burr on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell me just a little bit about your stories and how did you guys meet? Well, um, about myself, my name is Ashley. I'm originally from Texas where I lived most of my life. Um, I grew up there around a lot of creative people. Um, In terms of art, I've been drawing and making art since pretty much the age I could hold a crayon. Um, It's definitely been a part of my life um, since then. (laughs) Um, My I'd say my art has evolved a lot over the years, but it's definitely deeply central to who I am, even in seasons where I've forgotten that. And what are the mediums that you like to use? I love working with the pretty much anything and everything. I really like to try different things, but painting with acrylics has seemed to be where I've camped out the past few years. So that's probably my favorite. And Samuel, what about you? Um, I am also American and um, originally from Southern California. Um, I spent uh, most of my childhood there and then um, some teenage and young adult years in Texas. My family moved to Texas um, partway through my growing up time. Um, I've also traveled um, quite a bit and lived um, internationally in different countries and have really just taken a lot of inspiration uh, from different cultures and colors and architecture and landscape and um, I think I always um, definitely have also always been around art, surrounded by art, and um, have loved art and had a, a very high value for it from a very young age. Um, so it was definitely always something that I wanted to do and wanted to be a part of um, and just kind of took me a while to figure out kind of how how to do that or how I wanted to do that, I guess. So... For both of you, then it sounds like this has just been a part of who you are since you were young. And so many people start out loving art, especially when they're children. But then somewhere along the way, it kind of gets put to the side. And I think my personal opinion, and and I've heard this from others as well, is that there's, there's somewhat of an artist in all of us. And it often just gets kind of diminished throughout um, our maturing years. But it sounds like for you both that it kind of kept going. But was there ever a point in your journey where you kind of put it to the side or it, it just wasn't something that was at the forefront of what you were doing or who you were? Or perhaps perhaps you had a season where you dismissed it and thought, this isn't for me. Somewhere, kind of the transition from high school into college, um, I, I guess I started kind of came up this with this belief that in order to be a real artist, I needed to study art. I had to go to an, an art school, a design school. I needed to study art in college. And so um, not sure where that came from, but 
I briefly, I didn't finish college, but I briefly studied art in college. And it was there um, in my young 20s, because I went to college a little bit later, that I, in art school, I, I realized, okay, I'm a little bit different than some of the people I'm taking classes with. I didn't know the famous works of the world, like the names, you know, the titles of the paintings. I didn't know the artist. I didn't have special techniques. I didn't know the French words for it, you know, like a lot of my classmates. And so at that point, I really let comparison come into my journey with art. And I kind of looked at myself and was like, oh, I can't be like these real artists. So maybe my art is a hobby. Maybe I'm crafty. <laughs> um, and it, it got shelved there. And then I think at some point as an adult, I really let childlikeness and the freedom to explore kind of take a backseat to my adult, quote unquote, responsibilities or to my work. And so I think art became a side hobby, but I became a little bit more lifeless since art is really central to who I am. So I'm slowly getting back to that place of this is who I am. This is who I was made to be. And this is what I was made to do. But it hasn't you know, it's definitely been shelved in different seasons from comparing myself to different artists or maybe what I see in the world is like the definition of the art world. Um, and then I think getting older, you know, having responsibilities, it's like the joy and the exploration and the childlikeness just kind of takes a backseat. So that's my journey, at least. Uh, so in, an interesting thing about, about my family was that I have a... Um, um, my grandfather's second wife, um, was a professional artist, a professional painter. Um, and so by the time I was born, you know, they were already married. So she, I was raised in, as her being my grandmother. Um, and so my entire life, I knew that you could live as an artist and that could be a very legitimate and successful career. Um, I th growing up in watching her paint and going to her um, gallery open her art shows and she was just phenomenal. So there, <laughs> there was no way I was ever going to be as good as her. Um, but um, I definitely, you know, tried and dabbled with different things all growing up. And I moved more into um, performance art for, um, for quite a few years um, with theater and film acting and modeling. And, um, and really thought that that was kind of the, um, the lane that I wanted to be in um, with art and then it uh, changed again later on, which I'll, I'll mention later. But, um, you know, there's a lot of practical thinkers in the world and we need practical thinkers. Absolutely. Um, and my grandfather was one of them, even though he was married to an artist, he would constantly tell me, you know, you have to go to college, you have to get a degree, you have to know what you're going to do. Um, you have to have a backup plan if, in if case, you know, art doesn't pan out for you. And, and I appreciated that. Absolutely. So there were definitely people that were um, encouraging me to um, try and to do different things, but they wanted me to be cautious and they wanted me to be safe and have kind of a fallback. So for me, it was definitely on the side um, all growing up. And then um, my early adulthood, I guess, depending on who you're talking to, it's, I'm still in early adulthood, <laughs> but in my, uh, all through my 20s, um, it was definitely uh, kind of on the side and i um, we, you know, work full-time jobs and do a little art here and there just for fun. Um, and I did try a few times to just do art, um, full-time and it, 
you know, I would do it for a few months and like kind of in between, you know, full-time jobs. Um, and then, you know, jump into some new career and do that for a few years. Um, and, uh, it basically, I think what a lot of, a lot of probably what I struggled with and why I didn't fully jump in sooner in life was that I just didn't believe that I was good enough. Um, you know, it's really like Ashley mentioned too, comparison is horrible. Um, it's just not a nice, uh, way to view the world. And there's so many incredible, uh, artists out there and so many talented people. Uh, and sometimes the more you look around, the more, uh, fear can set in. And it's really easy just to say, you know what, I'm not even going to try. Like I'm not even going to pick up a brush today. And even the pressure sometimes of like, I, if this isn't going to be good enough to sell, I'm not even going to try. And that can really stunt just playing and just being childlike and, um, you know, grabbing some colors and just, uh, exploring really. Um, and so I probably, I struggled with, with, with those two fears of it not being good enough, um, or it not being, um, worth anything, uh, for many, many years. And I would like jump, you know, into an art project and, and get really excited about it. And, um, and then I just kind of get stunted and just stop and uh, being afraid of being rejected uh, by, you know, whoever <laughs> was looking at it um, or just even having standards, you know, that I would hold myself to a lot of times would keep me from from really like letting go and just trusting myself to go on the journey with my whole heart. I can understand what both of you have shared on this is that to walk out in one's artistic calling or destiny, or even just passion or hobby, even if that's all it is, it does take courage and vulnerability and a willingness, like you said, uh, Samuel, just to be playful, not for the sake of performing to others. And mm. that's such a huge thing, I feel, in society right now where so much of what's done uh, online or on Instagram is all about performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so to live out your calling in a way that's actually uh, true to who you are and not for the sake of performing is actually difficult to do when in a way the world demands a visual platform. Absolutely. Definitely. You guys have spent some time traveling the last couple of years and painting in different places. And what have your travel experiences brought to the table in your art? So I, I, Ashley and I actually uh, met um, internationally. We were both single, didn't know each other. Um, and we met in, in Belgium, um, which is really fun. A whole other story, but super fun. Um, <laughs> I, I think... Um, I think something that, that tra traveling and living internationally uh, taught me just in general, but it definitely has influenced the way that I create and the way that I think about art, um, is there's so much, uh, you just never know what's going to happen, especially, you know, I spent a few years living in North Africa um, and traveling around a lot in that area. Um, I lived in Brazil for a while um, and have traveled a little bit in South America outside of Brazil as well. And there you know, there's just so there's just so much unknown in the world, and there's so many incredible people, and there's so much beauty um, just everywhere. And um, 
and I think I really, I think I really took that, uh, like that almost became like food for me. It was something that was really nourishing to where I could go somewhere and not know what was going to happen and not know how to get somewhere, what to do or what I should eat and not eat or touch and not touch or whatever it was. Um, and just kind of show up and stand in the middle of this amazing and beautiful chaos um, and train my eye to find beautiful things, um, whether it was in a developing country um, or a stable country or a very modern country or city. There were just constantly these surprises around every corner. Um, and there was something that it did to my soul where it fed my soul and it made me, it gave me just a broader view of what um, I believe beauty can be or what beauty is. Um, and it really helped me um, when I create to try to express that and to try to um, remember that we can find beautiful things around us any day in any moment if we have the eyes to see them and if we will allow our hearts to not be hard and not be cold and not be angry and not be bitter. Um, when, you know, when you make a plan and it completely falls, falls through or, you know, someone in a foreign country says they're going to meet you at this place at this time to help you do something and they never show up. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons to get frustrated or angry, but, you know, sitting on a corner waiting for somebody, there's so many beautiful moments that happen when you're just an observer and you can just look and see what's going on. Um, and sometimes that wasn't always easy as a foreigner because <laughs> everybody sees you and uh, knows that you don't fit in. And so it's not that hard, that easy to be a quiet observer. But um, but there was, there was something about traveling in those countries where life goes slower um, in a lot of places than it does in America. Um, and, and you just had, we, I'd have to take my time a lot more and spend hours just waiting, um, for things. And, um, and I think that slowing down and that simplicity gave me a lot of time to think and process and see things in a new way and therefore try to work that into, um, what I was creating or what I was painting, um, and try to then share that experience that I had with somebody else. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? In all my travels, no matter the country, no matter the culture, no matter the customs, um, what's been evident is just th that reality that we we are all human. We're all humanity. And we speak the same heart language. Um, we're all hungry for the same desires. You know, that it might play out differently. It might look differently how we get there or why we want them may be different, but we, we've, we, at the core of who we are, regardless of where we come from, um, we're hungry for the same things. We're reaching for the same goals. We, we have, um, the same values. Even sometimes when you dig really deep, they're there. Um, and I think that I realized through that, that that's, this is why art is powerful because it can speak that, kind of same language, um, that we all speak that we, yeah, maybe we can't speak with, you know, in the same, like, tan like physical language. Um, if someone is speaking, you know, Farsi to me, I, I'm not going to understand it, but if you put us both in front of a very moving, beautiful piece of work, it can speak the exact same message directly to both of us. 
Um, and I think that that's just really powerful. So I, I think as well, just traveling, um, the artists, the creatives that my husband and I have met along the way also speak a very similar language. We might make different things. We might see art's purpose differently or, you know, to- have totally different ones expressing pain and one is expressing joy. But there's definitely, there's a similar language, you know, the same language among humanity, but there's also that same unified language among creatives in the world. And I think it's that we all, no matter, again, the country, the customs, we feel that that deeper place of that we have something to give to the world as artists. And it's something that really can build unity and impact people. Um, even if, yeah, even if they don't um, speak the same language, I think the painting can say the same thing to anybody, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yes. I'm really looking for art to be an exchange. I think um, kind of what I was talking about, how the art can communicate something to two different people who may not speak the same language. I feel like art to me kind of means something rich or something deep is left with me when I encounter it. Um, I feel really inspired to give that experience to other people as well, that they can experience beauty in such a way they feel added to, I guess, when they view it, they, they walk away differently Um, They have a new thought, their mind has been opened, their perspective is opened. Um, Not necessarily to, I'm not, I don't really feel inspired for them to align with my viewpoint. I think it's more about engaging the viewer and kind of taking them on an adventure, discovering something, asking, you know, a work that can uh, facilitate asking questions um, and opening their mind a little bit. So that feels really inspiring to me, I think, to to have an exchange with the viewer, um, with the, between the piece and the viewer of something deep, something rich, something lovely is left with them. Um, and, and they can take it with them. And I've had many experiences like that when I've viewed different pieces or gone to museums or, you know, or just seen a picture that someone's done that leaves an incredible impression upon me that sticks with me and, and goes beyond words. Samuel, would you want to add anything to that? Gosh, she, I don't know. She pretty, she nailed that one <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> um, I think the only small thing that I would say is that um, I think for me and there's, or I think for everybody, I think, you know, something that Ashley was saying earlier about traveling internationally and seeing like this kind of collective oneness, you know, of people around the world, um, that there, I think, I think we all as, as humans is, have this desire to be, to know and to be fully known um, yeah. and to be able to stand there in front of someone and say, this is who I am. Do you see me? I see you. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I don't, we're not always that good at admitting that, <laughs> but, but I, the more that I am alive, the longer that I'm alive, the more people that I encounter, the more I see that kind of similarity. And I think sometimes that that is very much, um, a part of what uh, creating art is is like for me, and something that I want to communicate and um, and explore is this kind of idea of of seeing things and seeing people, um, mm. and uh, and saying, you know, I'm I'm right here. Do you see me? Because I see you, um, and uh, just this 
uh, a relationship. There's a relationship there, like she was saying, there's communication, there's an exchange, um, but there's also kind of like, uh, let's strip everything away and just be two humans for a moment and have this shared experience um, about about something, <laughs> about an image um, or a work of art. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to yeah. think about that. And that, that makes me like really want to make stuff <laughs> and mm-hmm. then sit there with people and, um, and have that exchange and have that, that moment together. Yeah. Have you guys had any experiences along those lines where you've been able to do just that? I'll, I'll answer. I'll try to be brief. Sometimes I get excited and I talk too long. Um, You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so several, several years ago, um, I had this uh, idea um, for a painting, and it was very, very simple. I, I often like to paint really, really simple things, sometimes just like one one thing um, on a canvas with no background or anything. And this particular painting I wanted to do um, was an iris flower um, with just a solid black background so that the flower and the colors would really be vibrant and stand out. Um, and it, I can't remember the variety. Now there's so many different flower varieties, but you know, the top of the top and the bottom of the iris sometimes can be separate. And the top was, you know, golds and yellows and oranges and ochres. And then the, um, the lower petals were magenta and purple and blue. And it just, it was fascinating. This flower was really cool. And when I looked at it, I just, this word came to mind and the word was majesty. And I was like, this just looks so majestic and so royal. It's, um, it's so rich and vibrant. And I was like, I have to paint this flower. And so I started working on it and, um, about a week or two into working on it, um, I met a woman that I didn't know. I met her, um, uh, through a friend and didn't actually, um, like we didn't actually talk or interact. I don't think we said hi and greeted each other, but that was kind of it. And then we were just in the room at the same time together for whatever event that it was. Um, and I couldn't, after I left, I went back home and I was working on um, the painting. I couldn't stop thinking about her and I didn't know her um, or know anything about her. And all these words just started coming to my mind um, um, about just abundance and like storehouses being opened and wealth and, um, inheritance being poured out and um, you know, just restoration from from brokenness and things that were stolen being paid back and all this stuff and I was like what is I don't know what's going on so I just I wrote it all down just to, you know just to get it out of my mind and so I could focus and I thought maybe this will mean something I don't know so I wrote it all down and I finished the painting um, over the next several weeks and then I uh, you know through two or three different people got a hold of this woman, <laughs> got her phone number, called her out of the blue, um, told her who I was and told her that I had painted this painting and that I just, it was, I knew it was for her. Um, and, um, and would she, you know, come, would she be able to come over and pick up this paint? But I wanted to give it to her that it was, I, w- I didn't, I wasn't trying to like, you know, I painted this for you, please buy it. It was just like, I painted mm-hmm. this and I, ha- I don't know why, but I have to give it to you. Um, and it was a big, it was a, a larger piece. It was probably, I don't know, 30 by 30 by 36. So it was a good inches. So it was a good size. Um, so she came over and <laughs> opened, I opened the door and you know said hello. And I was like, I have, sorry, this is so awkward. Here's this painting. And I showed it to her and 
she just put her hands, you know, kind of over her mouth. And I said, and um, I hope you like flowers because it's a giant flower. And then I just wanted to read this to you also because as I was painting this and I knew it was for you, I wrote down these different things and I started reading, you know, everything I just mentioned. Um, and she just starts crying. Um, and she was like, how did you know? And I was like, I didn't, I don't know anything actually <laughs> about what's going on. I just painted this for you. And, and she's just crying and weeping and she, you know, she starts telling me about her life. Um, and you know, her husband and her two sons and how he walked out, um, several years ago and took everything and she lost her home and she lost her kids and went bankrupt and lost her job. Her, her family just completely fell apart. Um, and over the last few years, um, she had been trying to rebuild and was able to get a job, um, and get a home and get her kids back. And, um, uh, just had felt in her heart that she had all these promises that, that things were going to be restored and that that painting meant so much um, to her to, to give her the motivation and the courage to continue on the journey. Um, and it was a really amazing moment for, for both of us because I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, and she obviously had no idea that was going to happen either, uh, especially standing you know, like on, you know, on the front porch. Um, not any, we were in a gallery or anything. It's just there in the driveway, but it was a, it was a really amazing moment and it gave me so much, um, confidence and courage to trust myself, not just to paint what I feel inspired to paint, but also, um, to put into a painting more than just a beautiful image. Um, uh, but to really put heart into it and to put passion into it and, you know, to take these inspirations um, and, um, and, and hand them to somebody or offer them to somebody, you know, and it was, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And I loved that painting. It turned out so good. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite <laughs> things I ever painted. It was really pretty. Wow. That's amazing. What a great yeah. story. I love that. I love that it just was so personal, both for you and for her. And, in, a, in an unexpected way. And I'm just thinking back on what you said earlier about how you initially pursued performance arts for a while. And I'm just thinking, you know, what's the difference between that season of your life with, with pursuing the performance art versus that moment when you handed a woman mm -hmm. a painting that, that you made? Mm-hmm. I think for me, the biggest difference would probably be, you know, when I was doing, when I was doing acting and modeling, that was, it was fun for sure. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get to communicate what I felt was true in either of those jobs, um, or career paths. Um, you know, I was playing a character, playing a role, being directed by a director, you know, being dressed by whoever, um, this is how do we walk, this is how you stand, this is where you sit, you know, this is where you turn, whatever it was. Um, and it was, it was me getting to like take part in somebody else's art in a way. Um, and in that moment, getting to create that piece and hand that to that woman, it was me. It was just about, uh, it was about her. It wasn't about me. Um, and it wasn't about a director um, or a playwright or a fashion designer. It was just about her. Um, and it, it was therefore able to be so individual, uh, and so tailored. And, um, and I think that was really special, you know, it's really fun to like be on stage and get a lot of applause, 
hopefully <laughs> you get a lot of applause, not always. Um, but that, you know, that can feel really good. Um, but it wasn't, unless you wrote it and did it all yourself, it's not really about your expression to somebody else. And even then, everyone in the audience is receiving it a different way. But in that moment between one artist um, and one person, um, it was it was able to be so concentrated um, and the joy and the celebration uh, and the beauty of that moment was uh, so different, um, so very, very different. And, and for me, so much more rewarding um, than, uh, than any of the performance art ever was because it was such a, uh, a unique one-on-one kind of experience. Right, yeah, yeah. And Ashley, what about you? Is there was there a moment that you had an experience where something that you produced was touching on that core motivation or was satisfying in some way? Um, yeah, I have so, sort of similar story um, to Samuel's, but for me, about ten years ago, I was offered um, kind of to take part in my first show. So it was going to be the first time that I ever got to put my art in a public space. Um, it was a large event. And so of course that was really exciting and encouraging. Um, but in life where I was at that time was a, a, a pretty dark season of just a lot of brokenness. Um, I was in a, a pretty kind of stormy season wrestling with anxiety and panic attacks and, um, I think the main struggle that I had at that time was was hopelessness. That was kind of the theme um, of my life then, hopeless to to see the healing that I desired, hopeless to to be able to be stronger or to not be afraid all the time. Um, And that was kind of hovering over me when I got this opportunity to show. And so something that had kind of been, I don't know if you'd call it inspiration um, for one of the pieces in that show, but, um, a story from the Bible had really been in my mind during the time that I was preparing for the show. And it was, um, the story of the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years. And I so connected to that because that's what I felt like I was doing. I felt like I was just wandering around and it was dry and it was hot and it was painful. And so I, interacted with a piece I did something really different um I normally paint portraits and human faces figures um and this was like an abstract piece with no human form in it um but I actually went and bought sand and I took sand and paint and just kind of used my hands Uh, I walked across the canvas multiple times and just pushed, you know, the, the materials together and, in this kind of wrestle. Um, I don't know if it was like the most beautiful piece I ever did for (laughs) sure. Um, it's a little weird. Um, but it, it was deep, you know, and, um, it was where I was and I put that piece in the show and I, I put a, you know, like a little info card next to it, really just describing in a very raw way where I was and what that, piece represented to me and similar to Samuel's experience um a woman viewing the piece uh came up to me and began to cry and 
was like, I have to have that piece. And I'm, you know, kind of stunned because I'm looking at these, you know, faces with great shading that I worked really hard on and those weren't selling, (laughs) but, um, she wanted to buy that one and she just, you know, unloaded the pain in her life and where she was and, and how God had just spoke that scripture to her recently and, you know, things like that. And so I think in that moment, it was, it was, what was interesting to me is that I was in a season of brokenness, but that's not, she didn't see brokenness in my piece. She saw God's nearness to her. And that, that was like, oh, this cycle of redemption um, was so inspiring because I felt like I, even though I was going through something hard, it was beauty that was the end result. It was beauty that she saw um, and that was birthed. And it's funny because I don't even remember the lady's pain in the story that she told me about her life. I actually don't remember any of the details, but I remember the exchange that we had as two women just in this season of pain trying to hope for something more. And, and, and so it, to me, there was, yeah, I guess that moment was just kind of showed me that there was this place that art had to bring kind of bring someone through this cycle of, of pain shifting into beauty. And, and that beauty really could be the end result, even if pain was there in the journey. Beautiful story. And I'd love to hear just a little bit about what you guys are up to now and what are your future aspirations? Oh, wow. So many, <laughs> so many things that we want to do. Um, we need more, more lifetimes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, right, right now we're actually in a really unique um, place. Uh, we're, we're about to take a huge risk <laughs> um, again. Um, so we've, uh, we've been like Ashley mentioned earlier, you know, mainly um, painting and uh, her in acrylic and, and I do mainly watercolor and, um, and oil. And sometimes I steal her acrylics and play with them <laughs> um, as well. Um, but we've, you know, we've, we've been married for almost two years now and, and something that we've kind of played with over these last two years, um, is working together on art pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, picking, uh, we've been, we've basically been doing commissions or we, we work full time. Um, and then we do commissions on nights and weekends and we can fit them in. Um, and we've been basically like passing the canvas back and forth, you know, what is, yeah. what's the subject of this commission? <laughs> okay, there it is. Who, you know, do you want to start? You want me to start work for a little while for a few hours, pass it over to the next person. And, you know, then I work on it for a bit and I pass it back to her and she works on it. She passes it back to me until we get to a place where we feel like the painting's complete. Um, and it has been really, really fun. Um, really, really fun uh, to get to do that. Um, obviously with someone that you love and trust. Um, but it's such an incredible journey of, of letting go. Um, because you're not just working on a painting until you feel like it's ready You're working on something. And then you hand to someone and they paint all over or (laughs) scratch off or wash off things that you've done and put things in different places. And it's just this amazing, um, yeah, letting go of control and just letting, um, letting creativity and partnership happen. Um, 
and uh, and there's been some beautiful results. Um, so we're um, we're both kind of at a place in life. Um, we're both in our 30s and um, really have I I would say come to terms with the fact that we're artists. This is who we are. This is what we love. This is what makes us come alive and feel fulfilled and happy and excited. And this is what we want to do. So let's take a risk and, and step into it like full time and not just kind of squeeze a commission in here or there, but we want to paint, we want to step into doing it so we can paint what we want to paint. Um, and we'll probably still do commissions here and there, but you know, really trusting ourselves, um, to try something new. Um, so future aspirations for us uh, right now is, is, is really jumping out, um, jumping out and, and trying to be full-time artists uh, every day of the week. And we've been talking about, uh, we, we did, um, we were living in Belgium these, these last two years of of being married. Um, and we took some printmaking classes at an art academy near our flat there. And, um, so we're just kind of talking about, okay, what, what do we love? What have we tried that we know we want to keep doing? What's something new we want to try? So obviously painting, but we've kind of both fallen in love with printmaking and the different textures you can get. And I've been, uh, desiring, um, since I started making, making art with my hands, I've always tried to actually use my hands to do it and could never, um, it never comes out well, so I use brushes and palette knives and stuff. But there's this desire to actually use my hands and not just a tool um, to make something. And um, uh, I've been thinking about getting into pottery, so that's something else that um, I'm going to be trying here in the near future, uh, making pots and plates and who knows what out of clay, but just uh, I'm like, I've got to try something where I can actually just use my well, hands, there are tools involved too, but um, I think that's that's on the horizon. It feels really exciting because this this is what we both, we both know that we were made to do it. Um, and so why haven't we been doing it? You know, it sounds like a really silly question, but <laughs> to, <laughs> it's kind of, duh. Um, but something that came to mind when you asked that question was uh, the Art Academy Samuel mentioned, um, we also took a painting class there and our professor, um, looked over our individual portfolios and gave us a, you know, little critiques while we were there. And he talked to us together. And what was so interesting is, you know, he looked at mine and he was like, Ashley, the areas where you are weak as an artist is where Samuel's strengths are. And Samuel, the areas where you are weak as an artist are the places that where Ashley's strengths are. And he was, he said, together, you make the perfect artist. Wow. And that was just a really fun, also hard and mildly painful conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) But it was really encouraging and so exciting to look at each other and be like, what can we do if we both work on these pieces together, like what is that going to create? What what is what is that going to do? What are we going to make? So, I think uh, something that feels especially exciting in this next season, like Samuel mentioned, is to collaborate together 
and really, I think, discover more of what are my strengths, what are his strengths, how do we, how can we, um, not just in the commission mindset to get get it done, you know, get the task done, but sitting in front of a blank canvas together that doesn't have an agenda or a deadline um, or or a pre-selected focus, and say, let's just have fun and and see what happens and how we balance each other out, how, what we bring to the piece. And, you know, I don't know, I've never personally met an extroverted artist. I'm sure they exist, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I know that artists love to typically be in a little corner by themselves with their headphones in. And um, Samuel and I feel the same sometimes, but to, I guess what I'm getting at with that is you don't see a ton of collaborations um in art outside of like murals or bigger pieces sometimes um so i'm i'm really curious like what what will happen when we put our skills together what are those pieces going to look like and how can they possibly impact the world we have no idea but we're making a lot of space to try so i feel really excited that's great well I look forward to seeing those pieces i think it's going to be an amazing adventure it's such a great thing for you guys to do together so just as we kind of bring this to a close i would love to hear just is there any words of encouragement that you guys would have for any listeners to this conversation who are wondering if they have what it takes to pursue that dream of art inside of them oh yeah absolutely yeah uh, <laughs> tons <laughs> um I think I would definitely just encourage anybody to try. Um, You have, you have to make, you're going to have to make ugly stuff to make good stuff. Like you're going to have to make a bunch of ugly pieces to get to the point where you make a beautiful piece. So just try and don't worry about it so much. You know, if it isn't going the direction you want, stop and start over or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but just keep keep creating, just keep making stuff. There, you know, there's an there is a. Everyone has different tastes, so there's going to be someone who likes what you do <laughs> at some point if you have a desire to, to um, to produce art and actually sell art or show art somewhere. There's going to be someone that's going to appreciate it. But even if mm-hmm. they don't, if it's something that brings you joy, then, um, you know, then do it and and explore and have fun and um yeah just just really go through the necessary roadblocks and steps that come up mentally or emotionally um to really just have fun have fun with it and um gosh in this modern age and era there's just so many ways to create and there's so many ways to put art out in front of people if that's something that, mm-hmm. that people want to do um and um i think well maybe it's the last thing that i'll say about it is think about what you can give and create from that place um i i i definitely believe that art um is a gift it's something that we give mm-hmm. um don't think about what you can take don't think about what you can get don't focus on um, selfishness when you're creating because it will stunt your creativity and it'll poison it. 
think about what you can give, think about what you can share, think about how you can inspire, how you can help, how you can beautify. Um, and, uh, and you'll have a lot of fun. I would add to that, um, two things. The first would be to be brave. Um, we so often limit ourselves by what we see. Um, the limits that we perceive are out there. What we are, what we've seen in our past, um, time and time again, we, we see it and, and we make those limits and we let those limits kind of box us in and we learn to expect them. And I think for me, at least in my journey with art or being an artist, I've had to really be brave. It's something I tell myself all the time. Um, be brave to hope that you might actually get that show. Be brave to hope that mm -hmm. someone actually really might love that piece, even if you hate it. Yeah. Be brave to think that you can really make something beautiful. Be brave to think that um, you're not going to get rejected. I don't know. I just, I feel like fear can so easily creep in and past experiences can so creep in um, to the the deep thinkers and deep emotional feelers and, and tell you, you know, Oh, it's not going to work out or remember what happened last time. And I would just say, be brave and ask, um, be brave to ask without fear of rejection. I would love to show my pieces here. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I think the older Samuel and I have gotten, <laughs> the more maybe our filters are coming off. I don't know, <laughs> but we're just, we've learned on this journey to it, it's such a time waster to worry and make up scenarios in your head of what people might say or what people mm -hmm. might think or what yeah. might happen it's such a time waster and such a stunt it just kills creativity kind of like throwing water on a fire um and can shut us down so easily so i would say be brave just try just ask questions just email people call them send photos post it on instagram and see what happens mm. um and I would, the second thing is something that I've had to process in multiple seasons of art, but that money does not equal success. Yeah, um, that's so true. The money, how much you got paid for the painting, the success of the show, you know, whether five sold compared to 15, it doesn't equal success. Um, and that's something that can be really hard to let go of. Um it's, I don't know, when we, when we focus on the, the finances, um, again, it's kind of like throwing water on the campfire. And I, I know that art can, can be the way that we're trying to put food on the table or we're trying to pay bills. But at the end of the day, if we're measuring as artists, if we're measuring our success as creators um, by, by the income that we're making, it can so drive us in ways that are really damaging uh, to our creativity. It can, it can, you know, push us to places where we're accepting jobs, not because we're inspired by them, but because we just want the money. Um, and I did that for years uh, in a really high stress season, started taking on job after job after job for the money. And what happened is the, the passion wasn't there because I was, I was painting pretty, uh, kind of this monotonous, you know, I, I basically turned myself into a factory. So there went creativity. I was kind of mass producing these things. And, um, 
and it's st- it just really killed my creativity and then it it took me for me looking back it wasn't worth me damaging my creativity to that point where I had to I think it was like a th- it's been like a three-year walking out process of trying to get my creativity back um, in a healthy flow because it just wiped me out so Wow. Money doesn't equal success. It's not worth it. Right. <laughs> you're not inspired. It's just, it's not worth it. So, But it is nice when it happens and you're inspired. Sure, so. absolutely. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, I hope, my hope is that as different ones listen in, that they would be inspired to step out and what's in their hearts to do. It's been great having you on the show. We look forward to just seeing what is going to develop over the next few years in your lives. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. It's been awesome. Yeah, this has been great. Well, that was a great conversation and such an inspiring couple. If you would like to find out more about them, you can reach them at theburnest.com. That's B-U-R-R, theburnest.com or on Instagram at Creative. If you liked this episode, it would do me the greatest honor if you would subscribe, rate, and review it. And don't forget to share it so that stories like this can ignite others too. Thanks again, everyone.